0: My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. Problem? You're right. There's... There we go. I got the record on. You're right. You can hear his Liam and that. Yeah.
3: Yep. It's all sorted. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. So we'll just suffer with with not being able to see Will's lovely face, but like, <laughs> I mean, hopefully it won't hold us back too much. i just got to tidy up my uh, computer screen a little bit, make sure I've got the information in front of me that I need and uh, I can pretty much kick things off, I suppose. Yeah. Let's just dive yeah. straight into things. All right, Maras, how's it gone? And welcome back. To the Blue Army podcast. This is, of course, episode 89, and I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by the two men I like to call (laughs) my Cumbrian Brain Trust. If you haven't guessed already, that's right. I'm talking about Wills and Liam from Blue Army TV. How are we doing, lads?
1: Oh, yeah, good.
0: You see, I've like I've got a lot of pent up pen energy since we haven't been <laughs> yeah. on for a couple of weeks. <laughs> also, what's been keeping us going as well is obviously the fact that the World Cup's kicked off. So there's a little bit more football to talk about there. Carlisle back to winning ways against Salford. But before we dive into all that, gentlemen, I am obliged to mention our partner here on the Blue Army podcast. I'm talking about target wrestling. I'm doing a special little plug for the guys over there. It's their last. Show of the year. It's going to be in Whitehaven this Saturday. And if you fancy some tickets, there'll be a link in the description of this episode. And if you want to just catch up with what's been going on over there for the year, head to their YouTube channel by searching Target Wrestling Carlisle and you might hear. A voice that you recognise doing the commentary. Now, gentlemen, let's get on with things. Let's get on with things. We've got traditions here on the Blue Army podcast. And that means at this time of the show, it's time for one thing and one thing only. It's time for the Blue Army podcast. Joke of the week. I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Whirly Podcast bloody 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 of you. Of the, of the <laughs> That's a monologue and a half, wasn't it, lads? <laughs> it's
1: always been that well, long. And just not heard it for a while. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's what it is. It's all, it all comes flooding back to you. It all comes flooding back to you. Loving the floor today. Um, Right. I hope you enjoy this one, gentlemen. Here we go. How did... The hipster burn his mouth.
1: Oh, don't know. How did the hipster burn his mouth? It's a modern one, this one. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't from your like, 1970s best jokes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, a more modern hipster, we'd say. Yeah. Yeah, Trendsetter (laughs) of kinds, just to clear up, yeah. Um, So how did the hipster burn his mouth? Because he wanted to drink his coffee before it was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I get get I you maybe yeah, mess I it up it, a little no. bit. No. no yeah, I, get I, feel it. Like, I feel like I didn't punch. I didn't punch that line very well. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I know what you mean. Is it's it not yeah. why? a lie? joke? Is, is it, it? In a hole?
0: I think that was more in my delivery, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, I think that was more in my delivery, I think that was more in the delivery, but we'll move on, we'll move on to talk about better things, gentlemen, and uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of a ramble about England, I mean, the World Cup's kicked off, in my opinion, it's one of the weirdest build-up to a World Cup that I've ever seen, when I was watching the, uh, the build-up to the, the Qatar-Ecuador match last night, the, the sort of, like, it was like watching a BBC Panorama documentary before a build-up, and normally in a World Cup, you're being dazzled by fireworks and performances, and celebrities and and things happening on the pitch so it's been a bit of a weird build-up but yeah England obviously getting on with things doing very well today Beating well quite expectedly beating Iran Uh, six goals to two and the match wasn't without its own controversy was it gentlemen that really weird penalty at the end is what I want to kind of kick off about let's start at the end Um, and uh, I mean, a very strange decision. The VR, if you did watch the Ecuador-Qatar match as well, had a bit of a moment right at the start of that with the first goal of the tournament being disallowed for for a reason that's still yet to be properly cleaned up. Uh, I mean, this tournament really isn't doing VAR any favours. Liam, do you want to dive in here with your opinions on the subject?
3: I think the problem with VAR is that rules are far too vague for it to be as binary as VR wants it to be. Like, when you've got things that are subjective, you can't really leave that up to a computer. I know it isn't technically a computer, it's a person behind a screen, but you get these inconsistent calls with it, which I think is the problem where you get... There was an instance with Harry Maguire in the first half of the England game that was very similar to one towards the end. And I think the the thing is, you could argue either way whether each one is a penalty or not but the thing is if one is then they both are like i think the biggest problem with var is that it just isn't consistent and that's that's the big big problem with it and i think maybe the problem isn't with var itself maybe the problem's more with how the rules are written and that the rules aren't written to accommodate the use of var i think that might be the issue with it But it's just, it's too inconsistent to be effective for use, I think. And I think this, this, is it the first World Cup this has been in? Because I can't remember it in Russia. I think it might be something we hear about every single week.
0: I think we had that that weird sort of like just before VAR with that weird goal line technology thing, the eagle vision thing. I think that's what we had in Russia, but I can't remember. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't properly remember. There was more moments of controversy and obviously the rules around uh, concussion injuries were brought into question during the match. Will's, uh, I know that you watched the England game. Uh, there was yeah. a moment where the keeper in the first half was 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 knocked silly, uh, making a, a sort of head-to-head collision with one of his own defenders. And uh, I mean, what was your understanding of the situation? Was it was it the bench? Was it the physios? Was it the keeper? Was it the referee? Like who who should have really stepped up and and done something about uh, what happened there?
1: Um, When I presume that the referee is able to just say that no concussion protocols, he has to go off. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, like from watching it, and I don't think the commentators knew at the time, um, whether it was the keeper wants to stay on. I think it was the bench were keen for him to stay on. Because if you saw the um, uh, Carlos Queiroz's reaction when the keeper kind of signaled that he had to go off. He looked like gutted as if like, you know, he didn't clearly have that much faith in his, Subkeeper.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it was so, more to do with if it's a concussion-related substitution, he would be out for. He has to be out for a minimum of ten days, which means he's pretty much out for the whole tournament. But even still, you know what I mean. It doesn't show much faith in anyone else on the bench. They brought four goalkeepers with them apparently, Iran, and uh, still have one less squad player than anyone else in the tournament, only having twenty-five players in the team rather than twenty-six.
1: Yeah, and then like later on in the game, um, when Harry Maguire was, well had to have the requisite amount of treatment because that's one of the other things with the concussion protocol is you've got to spend a you've got to do a certain procedure before you can say that the player's not concussed and he's fine to go back on the pitch. Um, so, you know, Hadley Maguire was off for quite a bit Um, England wanted to make a substitution. Um, and, and, um, from what I remember uh, the rule is that if it's a goalkeeper that's concussed then the game will be stopped you know for as long as it takes to go through the so so like that's why Harry Maguire had to have his assessment off the pitch uh, while the keeper had his on the pitch Um, but yeah I just think that I think in those circumstances, isn't the referee supposed to say this is the letter of the law? It seemed like the Iranian bench, I presume that they're the ones who were keen for the play to stay on, had you know, were able to sort of try and overrule the referee in that case.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean Liam, if you if you were in that situation and you were like say the fourth official or something, what, what would you have stepped in and done really? What would what's your opinion on on the situation? What you would have done.
3: Well, I don't think you can really take the player's word into it. You've, you've got to think that this is the Iranian goalkeeper. He's probably never going to play in the World Cup again. Is what thirty minutes into his debut. Even if he's seeing double or anything like that, he's not going to want to come off because this is the yeah. opportunity of a lifetime. So I think it's very sort of foolish to take his word for it. I think he, he was down for so long as well. Like and after those fourteen minutes, added on that first half. <laughs> like yeah he should have been taken off i think whether you're the ref or the fourth official
1: yeah or is it like up to the up to the team doctor who assessed him um you know because presumably he'll have looked and you could see he, you know he wasn't very steady on his feet and he didn't last much longer Um, presumably the team doctor would have had a view on whether it's safe for him to continue but then i don't know if you remember the thing with chelsea with jose mourinho and Ava Carniero where they had a falling out over she wanted the play to come off but but Mourinho wanted that player to stand out and try to tell her to to say that he's safe to play and she refused mm. so like you know it, even with team doctors you know they can come under influence of of the team that you know the team that they work for the country that they represent
0: Yeah, lots of controversy in this World Cup so far. I'm sure there's going to be more controversial decisions going forward. Uh, For the next week, gentlemen, we'll leave something else to talk about. As we speak, obviously, uh, the USA are playing Wales. I think it's still nil-nil as I speak right now. And after England winning by six goals to two, and uh, as we like to do here on the Blue Army podcast, is put you guys a little bit on the spot and ask you for predictions on certain things. So, I I mean where do you think England are gonna finish at this tournament but more importantly where would you be happy uh with them finishing really like where's where's that common ground uh Wills where do you think England are going to think uh England are going to finish in this tournament
1: um I think there's some strong teams that are possibly coming into the tournament on better form um Today's win will have maybe done a lot to address that if you were maybe concerned that England's form going into the tournament was was too disappointing. But I kind of like had my eye on the likes of France, Spain, uh, Brazil. All the think have kind of put together competitive squads. Um,
0: I think it's really strange that think, France haven't picked Benzema. Like, is it? Apparently he's the first Ballon d'Or winner to not yeah, be in the World Cup squad.
1: Yeah, but um, I, think England, I think England will go on to the final um maybe not win it maybe be losing finalists again um just um, whether I think that they're stronger than some of the strongest teams in this tournament yet but you know it's you know still kind of like
3: think they can finish top two
0: okay okay interesting shout interesting shout liam how are you feeling about england's chances
3: i think I, i want to be optimistic but i'm not i think semi-finals if we're really lucky like I did a, thing, a whole thing of like predicting the whole tournament. Now I had I had England playing Denmark in the quarterfinals and just narrowly getting through to the semifinals. I think the big problem is we've got the players. Well, we haven't got the players because the the best players have been left at home, in my opinion. But you know, you've got Gareth Southgate who he played a back four today. But I think the moment he comes up against a Germany or a France, he's gonna brick it a bit and play with a back five and you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but I'm not at all confident in England's ability.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I, even less so, to be completely honest. I think this might be Gareth Southgate's. Well, I do think this will be Gareth Southgate's last uh, sort of chance at the Cherry, and uh, I don't think he's going to really get much further than the quarterfinals. The, there are a lot of really good teams in this tournament. And if the draw is quite unfortunate to us, we might just become a bit of a cropper at that quarter stage. So I predict the quarter-finals. Obviously, I would want further on in the tournament, but I predict the quarter-finals. Gentlemen, you guys yep. made some predictions a couple of weeks ago here on the Blue Army podcast to see who was going to be the first starting goalkeeper for England at the World Cup. And congratulations, you were both correct. It's Jordan Pickford. So well done to you two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Well> <laughs> Who done, do you think it was going to be?
0: Sorry. Where did you think it was going to be? I think I went for Ramsdale in the end. I wanted to say Henderson because obviously the <laughs> Cumbrian in me wants to say Henderson, but I, I went for Ramsdale Jump. in the end. And I do still think it's far fetched that, you know, obviously, yeah, Gareth Southgate's got its favourites. You guys fought it out a lot better than I did. But, you know, that's not the top of the league. And, you know, Ramsdale is he's, he's, he's a decent set of hands. He so just thought he would have been given the nod at some point, but he, he wasn't given the nod during the build up. And, yeah, it just never went my way. But congratulations to you two for getting one right. <laughs> well,
1: Uh, I mean, I think, you know, like, I think Gareth Southgate said that he was going to pick players based on their club form. But personally, I think you kind of, like, can't necessarily do that because as England manager, like any manager of a club, you, you know, you want to try and build a squad and have players with an understanding, but your job's complicated by the fact that your players aren't playing for you most of the time. So they'll go away and there'll be, like, months and... You know, maybe plays that you'd kind of picked out for a certain position because they had attributes that you liked in that position aren't necessarily doing so well for their clubs because of reasons, because of the club, or because of how they're being used by that club. So I think like for national managers, it's a bit of a difficult situation, like if a player's kind of like lost some form. I mean like, you know, Henry Maguire's the obvious one, mm-hmm. um, not performing for his club, but his clearly part of a system that gareth southgate's planned out and he wants to use him um you know obviously he he gets accused of it just like having favorites but you know it's probably a, a more difficult decision that he has to make as to whether you know does he bring a different player in but then that might mean changing his system as well
0: yeah yeah, i mean i mean we, we could sit here all day and debate about who gareth southgate could pick for the england team and that's the dangerous thing about starting uh, a world cup chat right at the start of this episode <laughs> which is why we're gonna now dive straight in to the match report for Carlisle united's 4-1 victory against salford i mean before i kick things off lads it's an absolute statement of a win it's going to wake up a lot of league 2 sides so how dangerous we really are and the travelling support is now consistently selling out and really being a massive factor in the way that Carlisle are playing away from home this season compared to how many points we were picking up away from points last season. And Paul Simpson is more than happy to give the applause to the fans and their absolutely amazing support away from home. So as we always do, gentlemen, before we dive into the match report, I'm going to give you the starting lineup for Carlisle United against Salford's in nets. We had Hoyle. Uh, a lot of the back line of five. We had back Feeney, Huntington, Mellish and Armour, Moxon guy and Charters in the midfield and Dennis and Edmondson up front it's nice to see charters consistently getting this run in the team he's deserving it he hasn't done anything necessarily to take himself out of contention for the side it's nice to have a naturally left-sided player on the left side and i mean you can just see the difference in the dynamics in the midfield everybody seems to be happy to come in and out of the squad this is amazing in how Carlisle United's best starting eleven keeps the being able to develop and change throughout the season. Liam, what impressed you most about the consistency of Taylor Charters?
3: I think he's waited so long for a consistent run in the team. Like I, I saw some before he before he made his first start in this last like I think, as he played the last four or five games. Before that, his fr- last three league starts were all under different managers. I think it was Chris Beach, Sheridan, Simpson. So he's waited a long time for like a consistent run in the team. And I think the thing that impresses me the most about him is his aerial ability, which I didn't really expect from him because as, he has been playing as either... And it, like he's been playing as the attacking midfielder pretty much. Yeah. Sometimes he drifts a little bit, for, he drifts a little bit left, but he, he's playing really as that attacking midfielder through the middle. Um, and the thing is, Gibson played that role quite well. But the one thing Gibson never offered is he, he would never win headers or, or aerial uh, duels, which is something Taylor Charters does bring in abundance. Because and it, it, it does surprise me a bit as well because it's not really something he's been known for in the past but the big thing i notice about him all the time is he 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 wins them headers he wins every single one of them headers even against it really stuck out to me against tranmere because he was constantly up against against simeu and we know firsthand how good that man is in the air mm-hmm. and i don't think he would i don't think simeu won one against taylor like it, it it was really a mismatch um and as well as well, he scored that absolutely brilliant goal against Harrogate. it was such a good moment sitting in the away end because i was i was at that game it was class, you know, and it it, it was the first time in a, a number of years since we had two separate Cumbrian goal scorers in the team. I think the last time it was it was Carl Dempsey and someone. But he's just he, he hasn't done anything wrong to get him out of the team. He stayed consistent, he's scored a goal, he's got a couple of assists. Um, and some of his passing ability it it, it it is really good. He starts to the one criticism I have of him is that towards the end of games, he starts to sort of phase out a little bit. I think he starts games extremely well and then throughout the game, he sort of fades off a little bit towards the end, which is why Simpson, I think, has started he started subbing him off 75 minutes or something like that, which maybe is the best way to get the most out of him. Um, but yeah, he's really impressed me. And I, I don't think you can take him out of the team at the minute, because although Gibson has, he's been brilliant this season, he really has. I think he's our leading assist here, and he's got a couple of goals himself you you just can't take Taylor out of the team at the minute.
0: Yeah, no, it's nice to be able to chop and change people, but I think the benefit with pay, playing Taylor Charters consistently is that he, he is most likely going to improve with every game and it's going to force Gibson to have to up his game to get back into the squad, which is only going to make the squad better as a whole. Now, let's dive into the game where the last time we spoke, gentlemen, Carlisle United... Got an early goal and in this game we got a lovely early goal on the left hand side on the halfway line John Mellish throws the ball in; it's flicked on by Ryan Edmondson and Dennis makes himself a menace he doesn't win the header but he puts the defender on. Off, And it's a quite important in the build-up to the goal, because then it goes to Charters, who flicks it into Moxon, who does incredibly well to get the ball out of his feet, away from his man, and play it into Finn back with a beautiful ball, which beat a, a very good full-back. I'll go on to talk about Toure in a couple of minutes. The goalkeeper fumbles and it lies into the path Of who, Wills? Yes! It's (laughs) Dennis, mate! That's right. Carlisle, take the lead with only three minutes gone. Like I said last time on the podcast, Wills, we were talking about the way that we finally started to get into games earlier, and now it seems to be consistent, doesn't it, mate? How good is it to get ahead early in games? How important is that for us, especially away from home?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, once you've struck the first blow in a game then, you know, some of the control of that game, you know, immediately the control starts to go, you know, go your way and you've got the advantage. So, mm-hmm. you know, to do that early on in a game and just like set the tone of the game like that right away, it's it's good to see us able to do that because I know that Simo mentioned only like two or three weeks ago that we weren't doing it enough and, uh, you know, we've done it twice, since then. uh, It's good to see him having that sort of impact. You know, as soon as he's identified a problem,
0: yeah, and I feel like it's, it's it's the way in which we're playing. There seems to be consistency in keeping the ball wide and working it across the pitch with nice ticky-tacking passing, uh, spreading it wide and then getting it into the ball at the right areas, taking shots when we get the opportunity rather than always looking for the pullback where I feel like we were doing that a lot last season when we were looking for the pullback and the cross. This time the fullbacks are going into the box and getting amongst things and forcing these opportunities to spill in front of strikers that are are as good as Dennis. Now the rest of the first half wasn't necessarily anything to really write home about. There was a little bit of nice football from most teams and Carlisle to be honest probably were the most dominant of the two sides but in the second half Salford came out fighting and in the 52nd minute managed to grab an equaliser. The ball was put in by the fullback and had a wicked deflection off the big number nine, spiraled into the six yard box. And Carlisle really struggled to clear their lines, sending the ball into that fullback. Ture. Now, Ture for me, the left-back for Salford, is potentially one of the best left-backs in the league. He's he's probably too good for this division, um, and this cross and other assists this season and the fact that if you look at his stats, his assists are just off the chart uh, for this division. He can cross from deep, he can cross uh, just from anywhere in the pitch and this cross is an example of that. Taylor Charters comes to try and close his man down. Ture takes a nice little touch past Charters, plays a beautifully lofted ball right in between our centre-back and full-back and the striker. Just gets on the end of it. Uh, Liam, it's it's pretty decent play from Salford. It's 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 difficult to really criticise anybody. Maybe Huntington or Armour should be a little bit closer to the man in the box. Again, the communication there perhaps lacking. But, I mean, are you really going to dig out anybody in Carlisle for that goal? Or, or was Salford perhaps just having a decent run of phase at that point. Decent run of play.
3: Um, I I don't think it's anyone's individual fault, but I think I'm gonna to to disagree with you when you say that Carlisle were probably on top in the first half. I think, as, from the you know, most of that first half, we were really on the back foot, and I think it 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 followed on into the very start of the second half, and I think Salford probably deserved to score from what I saw, uh, and it was just it had been coming for a bit, and to be honest with you, that goal we just seem to get angry after it. So I think maybe that goal is the best thing that happened, that had happened in the game for Carlisle. You know, we really benefited from, you know, them equalising. Uh, but yeah, look, I don't think it can be a really pinned down to anybody. You know, Simpson will obviously have them in the in the dressing room which you could have been there, you could have done this, you could have covered this man or something like that. He, he will have his, his little comments, but it's not, a major howler from anybody and i think it is just a really good cross
0: yeah yeah i mean it's a really good cross from a really good fullback and just uh only a couple of minutes later uh we created a decent cross ourselves and it was a, it was a new bit of set piece play we had taylor charters and moxon sitting close to uh, the corner, t- Charters being the taker and Moxon the receiver of a short pass he looked to perhaps fake a nice ball back into the path of Charters but it was crossed really nicely towards the back post and Edmondson had quite a lot of space to head it back into the six yard box, a very poor clearance from unfortunately the man I've been raving about too right falls into the path of well, well, well well <laughs>
3: The man himself?
0: The man himself. (laughs) Callum Guy, who just smashes the ball with his right foot into the bottom corner. The keeper has no chance, and that is in the top three knee slides of the season so far in the celebration. Yes, that's right, Liam. The goal tally continues to rise as Mr. Callum Guy... (laughs) Puts Carlisle United back into the lead. I mean, Liam, at this point, can you really take your pick of which what your favourite Callum Guy goal has been so far this season? He's been scoring some absolute worldies from outside the box, and uh, I mean, what can you say about this finish?
3: I think you know, I I celebrated it like mad, to be honest <laughs> with you. I know we have, I know we have this joke that I don't want Callum Guy to score, and I don't want him, <laughs> I, I do want him to score. I would yeah. love for him to get nine. Nine goals for the season is what <laughs> I want so that I don't have to lose this bet. And then, <laughs> so you know, I I, I love the goal. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I saw who it was and I was like, oh, it's not ideal, but I'm I'm happy from that he started scoring, and every single one of his goals in his career apparently has been from outside the box. <laughs> uh, and you, you, you know, you, you said it's Tura's fault. Hell of an assist from Tura, you know, like <laughs> a lovely, lovely little pass to Callum guy. And I really didn't think he was going to get on the end of the ball. To be honest, I thought he was very close to getting tackled, Callum Guy. And I think a lot of players, if John Gibson's in that um, situation that Callum Guy was in, I think he was out of the tackle. I, I think, I think he maybe lets it go, but Callum Guy, he, he manages to get there. He gets the shot off and what a hit. That's gotta be up there with the goal of the season for Carlisle, surely. Uh he's
0: gonna few in the bank now.
3: Maybe not as quite as good as the one that I watched <laughs> standing next to you, so that you could <laughs> rub it in my face immediately. But uh <laughs> but yeah, it was a great, great finish, great goal, and I'm happy for him, even if a bit begrudgingly.
0: I mean, I mean, since the subject is on Callum Guy scoring goals, wills, I mean, what yeah. do you think i mean is 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 happening in terms of his play this season that hasn't been happening in previous seasons for him literally to have a three hundred percent goal upturn this season. <laughs>
1: well i think he's kind of gotten a bit more confident with taking shots and you know he's maybe been working on it in practice as well um you can see with this goal that he scored um so the you know the other two goals were kind of good hits where he's had a bit more time to set himself up um this was a different kind of goal and i'm just watching the replay now and What's really impressive is how quick he is to react to Toure's clearance. He's is is lurking, you know, a bit outside the box. Um, Toure hits it, and if, if I just want to think, it's is it's, he almost starts to to inch back to the right a bit before Toure hits it, as if he's anticipated that the ball's you know it, the ball's going to come into that area. He beats two Salford's defenders who should have got there first when racing in on him, really. And again, and a lovely finish as well, just puts puts good power on it, keeps it low. Uh, It was a really good goal from him. And he shows that he's kind of, really improving this part of his game and he's maybe been told that he needs to get a few more goals and been practising stuff, but I now mean, it also comes to confidence.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's what's keeping him in contention in that starting 11 this season when you've got players on the rise like Charters and maybe Gibson's dropped a little bit in form, the fact that Callum Guy now can contribute with a goal or two is probably what's keeping him in that starting 11 uh, consistently. You know, he's out of, out of the 19 league games we've played so far this season, and Callum Guy has played in 18 of those games and I think he was injured or suspended or something for the other game. So obviously Paul Simpson does like playing him and obviously I don't think if he wasn't scoring goals, he wouldn't be getting that consistent run in the first team. Right, Liam, don't worry, mate. We'll move on to talk about the next goal. It was only five minutes later in the 72nd minute, Corey Whelan. Contributed to Carlisle United's lead making it 3-1 and as, as I stated earlier, it's nice seeing some clever set piece play and we've got variation here. Yeah, you've got the same combination of Charters and Moxon but this time Moxon makes a dart into the box and the corner goes swinging into the box it's a left-footed inside curler towards the back post Corey Whelan heads down towards the ground and the ball bounces into the back of the net Liam the set piece play mate it's great isn't it to see it it, it's the consistency the variation it seems to be an endless well that Simpson can contribute towards this team
3: yeah and I think the difference is this season is that he's got I think he's got three, maybe four, really good set-piece takers. I think Owen Moxon is absolutely fantastic at it. Jamie Devitt, when he's fit, is absolutely fantastic. Taylor Charters with the left foot. um, And maybe Jordan Gibson. I think... Maybe not. I'm taking it back down to three. I'm taking Jordan Gibson's title off him. (laughs) But them three are all extremely good set-piece takers. And I think the fact that Owen Moxon... Has been taking um, set pieces all season, and now Taylor's come into the team and he's taken them from the left, which he was the one that put that that crossing for uh, for Whelan's goal. It was his corner. Um, I think, yeah, you've just got such good set piece takers now in the team, and he's he's making use of them. Like some of the some of the corners this season have been fantastic, you know, and they're starting to you know spice them up a little bit uh, as you saw in this game, and we got two goals from it. It's the first time I've seen us try like fancy corners and i'm not one that usually like i don't i don't really like that kind of stuff in football i'm very much a, a kind of person where it's like get it in the box nah. you know, I, I don't <laughs> want to see short corners but if they work like they they did yesterday and and even that just that run that taking that man away that moxon did to make that room regardless i don't think it probably should have got past all the sulfur players as easily as it did but you know it, it did do it I
0: think part of it's mental, like part of it is mental. It's like Simpson thinks about the psychological part of like, when that, when Moxon makes that run into the box, every defender in the box is watching Moxon because he's the thing that's, you know what I mean? And then you take your eye off the back post and that's where the ball goes. And I feel like that's that's a part of Simpson's game plan. He's he's mentally psychological. I feel like he's really smart when he, when he does do these set piece places, you know, the players do have to, they have to sell it. You know what I mean? Like They they have to look like they're running with intent. Like they're going to get a part of it in the mixer or or whatever it is and it's 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 important the, mental, the, the mentality of it all is important in these set pieces
3: yeah I think it's important I think it's really clear that without that run from Moxon that goal doesn't get scored even though he, he has no touch of the ball he doesn't really have that much of an impact in play he doesn't make that run that goal doesn't get scored like it's an excellent cross but without his little diversion I don't think it happens like it, it's a good cross and it's just I don't I don't know what I don't know how, why he's decided to change the set piece uh, tactics but it's working keep it up you know
0: yeah that's that's it the variety is the spice of life and especially it's contributing towards the goal tally for Carlisle United now something that we did well in the first half to get that goal was obviously attack down the flanks and for the last goal of the day it was an attack down the flank. This time the right hand side, uh, Taylor Charters picking up the ball in the Salford half, playing a very clever pass into Edmondson, I believe. And then the ball was played out into Mellish. So it's Moxon that uh, the ball was played into. Moxon plays a very nice ball out to Mellish who plays a ball in. It was a bit of a wicked deflection of the Salford defender. But if it's in the six yard box and Dennis gets a whiff, It's going in and it did. And Dennis gets to contribute to his massive goal tally. This goal really being the icing on the cake and Wills, a 4-1 victory against Salford at Salford. It's a statement win, isn't it?
1: Yeah. um, Similar to the uh, game against Doncaster, we're playing those teams that have ambitions of being in the playoff race. And, you know, to beat them quite comfortably in this manner, um, you know, it's just kind of like making sure that those teams that are around us, they're not catching up on us. And, you know, hopefully we know cement us in the promotion race by, you know, giving a bit of a dent to those teams that are after us as well. And Salford are a decent team as well. I don't think this would have been the best performance that they've had uh, recently. Um, Reading their own forums, they've had a bit of difficulty scoring goals. And during that period, when they were on top for a bit, maybe you saw that they, you know, are struggling to find where goals are going to come from. Uh, But, I mean, the other thing as well is the kind of like a belief that Simo's got in our players To kind of like come back from a period where you've been pegged back and you're not playing that well. But then once we got the one goal, then the momentum started and it felt like it was just a very comfortable routine win after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Carlisle, I mean, 4-1 away, Salford, Salford being one of those teams that have been knocking on the door or at least trying to, sorry, just, well, trying to knock on the door of any kind of promotion campaign for the last couple of seasons. And um, it's nice to see uh, the impact that Simo is really having this season. 19 games played, sitting in the playoffs now, and... It's a completely different feeling from last season. It really is. Would you, Liam, say that there's anything about Carlisle United's play in that game that you can highlight? Anything that really impressed you? The full back play, perhaps the combination of the strikers. Was there anything that really impressed you about Carlisle United against Salford?
2: Well,
3: other than the obvious, just sort of set piece uh, thing, is is that? It once we went to one up we didn't sit back after that and we just kept on going like we wanted that third goal and then after we got the third goal we pushed for that fourth goal and after the fourth yeah. goal i thought we were going to get a fifth you know that we really we, yeah we we smelled blood and we, and we did go for it um you know some some of the link up between certain players you start to notice little partnerships in the team now, I think. I think there's a nice little link up between uh, Melish and Armour. I think that you're starting to get a thing between Moxon and Charters. Yeah. You're starting to see these little, like you know, in Football Manager where they've got the little green lines between them. <laughs> it's 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 almost like that in in but in actual football, you're starting to see them little partnerships form, and it it is it's it's nice it's nice to see. And I just I love that we went for more, and I want to see us do that a bit more this this season. You know. Putting four, four past teams, you know, obviously you take the 2-1, you, you take a 2-1 win a nervy 2-1 win, but you know, I want to see more games this season where we, we really push on after we've gone 1-0 up and like not sit back like we have done in the past.
0: I mean, big statement win like we've already said, lots of very impressive performances, so it's going to be quite difficult for us to pick our Foxy's feature man of the match, but Wills, you're going yeah. to give it a go, we're all going to give it a go, uh, why don't you Tell us who you think was your Foxy's feature man of the match for this game.
1: I'm going to give it to Christian Dennis. Two goals again. Um, and it was a match where I think he kind of like really, it was clinical. He scored two goals from chances. that uh, That's the sort of thing you want your main striker to be doing, to just be there. Um he scored like the second goal. I mean, for him, that's a really easy finish. He makes it look easy. Um, it's obviously going to be quite difficult, but he's got the experience to, to just eat those sort of opportunities up. But he's spotting the opportunities and getting into good positions. And I think he kind of like showed, you know, showed in this game in particular that he's like a huge asset to the team
0: yeah yeah i'd have to agree with you and i'm going to agree with you to be honest my man of the match is also dennis yeah the two goals being a massive contributing factor but i did want to point out like i did point out in the match report the importance of his own contributions to his own goals like he is always consistently i mean i can't say always consistently i mean he is consistently involved in the build-up to his own goals in in what in in the attacking phase of play it's really impressive i feel like he's been a lucky a few times this season to miss out on the Foxes' feature man of the match so uh yeah i'm, I'm also going to give it to dennis liam who are you going to give your man of the match to
3: yeah, fine. I'll go Dennis. <laughs> <the rest>. uh, <laughs> very I feel, difficult to I argue deja to. vu. I
0: feel like we agreed last
3: time. It was Dennis. <laughs> yeah, give him give two goals. You can't argue with that, can you? Oh, the, the first one was a little bit of a tap-in, but you know, he, 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 you're know, you right. He, he does contribute a lot to his own goals. It's hard not to contribute to your own goal, I suppose. But like, he, he contributes, <laughs> to the, contributes to the build-up of his goals, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give him it.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all It's very nice to agree. It's very nice to agree. And uh, I mean, that Carlisle United's next game, uh, it would be very nice for us to progress to the third round and uh, bring home one of the big boys to Brunton Park. But before we can do that, we have to beat Walsall this Saturday in the FA Cup in Birmingham. Well, in Walsall, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> lads as yeah. we always do we'll give our predictions for the game it was uh, it, it's really nice for us to be in contention uh, to to be just that one step away from the third round I think Simpson thinks it's important it is important to a team like us to to attract that kind of investment and uh, yeah I feel like that, that's just going to come across to the players I feel like the players are going to feel like they didn't play very well in that draw the other week uh, the nil-nil draw and I feel like they're going to have a lot to, to, they're going to feel like they have a lot to rectify in this game. And I feel like after the massive victory we had against Salford, we're going to have a massive victory against Walsall and we're going to beat them 3-0. Wills, what are you saying? Uh, What's your prediction for Walsall? Um,
1: Well, I saw Walsall's um, obviously when we played them and they were a lot more resilient than I expected them to be but they, uh, they had a bit of a dodgy start to the season and they've actually gotten on good form now so now i think it is going to be a really difficult game um i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest go going there uh play really well put in a professional performance and grind out a one nil win
0: yeah yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like that's maybe a bit more realistic than my shout. But Liam, what are you <laughs> gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna hit the middle ground. Or are you gonna go with me or Will's? What's the happy haps?
3: Uh, you bold of you to assume that I'm gonna go to win. Uh, <laughs> 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 if if we get if it's a draw, does it go to a replay? I, because there was there was talk of them just changing it to just going yeah, to penalties, wasn't there? I
1: think I think it is goes... it still a replay? Uh, up until the third round, I think it might stop having replays after the third round, but I think the second round still Plays. can be okay. replays. There were um, replays in the first round, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was.
3: Yeah, because um, Derby and... they were so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say, I think, because Warsaw are a team I really rate, I think 1-1 would probably be a good result for us and bring it back to Brunton Park. So, I'm uh, yeah, I'm going to say 1-1 for the yeah. away game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean... feel like
1: Liam's got in to be like, yeah, we're going to wipe the floor with him. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, got less cuckoo on the man I uh, should have ended with you, Liam. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah maybe yeah I do not feel like I was going to be the only one going bold but yeah, there, we go. there we go I feel like Simpson does this though like if he gets the chance to play somebody the week after he's figured them out do you know what I mean I feel like he's good at figuring teams out and then having a better game plan the next time around and then if that is the case hopefully we'll we'll be able to steamroll Walsall a little bit and yeah, uh, that'll that be try
1: and figure us out too
0: <laughs> yeah, true, but like you know, it's that's the difference in management in it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean that I would say Simpsons a better manager, and I feel like both both of you yeah. would as well. So yeah, it, when it comes down to a head to head, then perhaps we might have the upper hand in this situation, and Simo might have figured out Walsall more than they can figure out us. And there we go. Hopefully, hopefully.
1: <laughs> Hopefully,
0: yeah. Um, in the in the interest of saving time and also not putting you gentlemen on the spot, there isn't gonna be an on this day. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna put the book on the shelf. You can see it behind me. I'm gonna put it on the shelf for now. Um, just just I feel like we can probably come up with something better in the future. Um Make sure that you're listening next week because we're going to start doing clues for our very special Christmas guest here on the podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Just before we say goodbye, I just want to uh, remind everybody about our partners over at Target Wrestling that are doing their last ever show of the year this Saturday in Whitehaven. If you are interested in getting tickets, please use the link in the description Below, gentlemen, there's nothing else really left for us to say apart from bye for now.
1: Bye for now. Bye for now.
0: Bye for now.
1: oh baba